this weekend but from now on I'm gonna make you a light and you're gonna bring my salvation to the ends of the earth I'm gonna make it so that at the mere sight of you kings stand up and princes bow and you guys look good up there if you want to go and find that and look at it again later there's so much in there, uh, it's on our Facebook page. Instagram wouldn't let us put the whole thing on there. If you know how to do that, go for it. All right. Well, hey, during Freedom Weekend, if you were there, you know we invited every single person attending that event to ask the Lord for a personal life verse, a personal word from the book, from the Bible, that we could keep in front of us all year long. And everybody that I've spoken to so far got one. We have hundreds of photographs of you guys with your verse written on your hand as you walked out of here. And I, I hope, I pray, I beg you if you haven't, please continue to press into that. Please continue to read that and keep it in front of you. It wasn't just for the weekend. It is for the year. It is to transform you. And we don't want just people that attended Freedom to have a personal word from the Lord for 2020, we want everybody that calls Woods Edge their home to have a personal 
anointed word for you for 2020 in front of you. And so today, we're going to press in to those life verses, and we're going to discuss why it's so important to not just take God's word one and done, but keep it in front of us, to press into it, to dig, and to really let it sink into our hearts and our minds. Now, last week, and at Freedom, we talked about this guy Joshua in the book of Zechariah, and this guy Joshua was standing in heaven. He was in this vision moment, and he was in heaven, and the enemy was there. Satan was there, and he was just hammering Joshua with accusations, with, with his sins, and just speaking lies over him and garbage over him. And then God just steps in and rebukes the devil. He rejects everything that the devil is saying about Joshua, even though a lot of it was deserved. A lot of it was based in reality, like there were things that Joshua had done, just like you and I have done some things that the enemy easily can needle us with. But God just said, look, enough. I don't want to hear it anymore. And he starts rebuking the devil, and he starts rebuking the accusations, and he starts rejecting the lies that Joshua was beginning to believe about himself, and then he starts speaking truth. He said no to the lies, and he started speaking truth over Joshua. And we talked about it, Freedom and last weekend, that this is God's desire for every single one of us in this room, in this student ministry. God's desire for you and me in 2020 is to rescue us from the devil's accusations, to rescue us from the lies, the worst possible things that we believe about ourselves. Really, he wants to rescue us from our wrong thinking about who he is and who we are. Now, he also wants to rescue us from the side effects of that wrong thinking. We see the side effects in this quote from Augustine way back in the 300s. He says, my sin was this. And even as I read that, students, is this your sin too? Is this mine? My sin was this, that I looked for pleasure, beauty, truth, not in him, but in myself and his other creatures, maybe other creations. And that search led me, instead of pleasure and beauty and truth, it led me to pain, confusion, and error. When we look for our satisfaction, our safety, our security, our sense of self in anything but God, we're going to encounter pain, confusion, error. We're just going to believe wrong things. And so there's two steps to receiving the rescue that God offers in place of that. Step one is we need to recognize that our thinking is wrong, that the devil's accusations are garbage and awful. We need to recognize that's wrong and step away from it. It's a conscious decision. I'm going to step away from these things that are hurting me. But God's not just about step away. He wants you to step towards something. If you're stepping away from the thing that hurts you, use that step to step toward the thing that will heal you. Step away from the thing that's hurting you. Step toward the one who will heal you. So step one, step away. Step two, step toward. And we have been talking about, really for a year plus, but especially lately, that so much of our wrong thinking about who God is, about who we are, about how we should feel, lines right up with what Becca said earlier, that social media, that our devices, that our games, that our television shows, they're just kind of rotten our brain. They're just kind of really getting in and giving us wrong understanding about all kinds of things in the world. We are 
looking at these devices so often that they are beginning, if not like really already have shaped the way that we think and not in a healthy way. And so we've been talking about and challenging ourselves, what if for the month of February, every single one of us just asked the Lord, what am I looking at that's hurting me? What am I doing that is, is a behavior that causes me shame, guilt, or fear? What if we all lay those things down and stepped away from them for one month? If you know that pornography is hurting you and, and ruining your relationship and the way you see others, the way you see, what if for the month of February you just said, I'm not going to look at any of it. I'm not going to act on any of it. What if you know that every time you get on social media, by the time you're done, you're just like, everybody's life looks better than mine. I shouldn't even be here. I don't even know what I'm doing. Nobody liked my post. What if for one month you're like, I'm just not going to look at social media? What if that game you play, every time you're done, you just want to punch a hole in the wall? I I feel that way sometimes. What if for one month you just stepped away from that wrong thinking? And what if instead of just stepping away, you step toward truth? step toward peace and healing and joy? What if for one month, instead of doing the thing that's hurting you, you stepped toward reading this book, the thing that's here to help you, the thing that's here to heal you? What if instead of putting all of our time into lies and garbage and rumors and wrong thinking, we really pressed into this book and read it and did it and obeyed it? What might God do for the month of February? If you have yet to lay something down, if you have yet to even ask the Lord, what should I lay down? Do it now, even in the stillness of your seat. Jesus, is there anything I'm giving myself to that's hurting me, that's hurting my relationship with you? Student, if he is just bringing something to mind, would you just say, help me lay that down for one month and help me pick this book up in its place? We see this exact behavior In Zechariah chapter 3, right after God completely rescues Joshua. Joshua didn't do anything except for show up and be willing to admit, I need you. But we can all do that. Right after he rescues him, right after he speaks these awesome words of identity, God says this to Joshua. After rescuing his child, the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus, spoke very solemnly to him. He spoke like, this is important what I'm about to say. Pay attention. What God is about to say to you through this word is important. Pay attention. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you'll be given authority over my temple. That's yourself. You're the temple of God. And it's courtyards. That's your life. That's everything that goes on around you. If you follow my ways, read this book and obey it, if you carefully serve me, then I'm going to give you authority over your whole life in a way you've never experienced. And I will let you walk among these heavenly beings standing here. We know from the earlier chapter that Joshua was in heaven at this moment and there were angels all around him. And God just said, if you read this book, and obey it. I'm going to let you walk among them, and I'm going to give you strength and authority like you've never even dreamed of. And when you say things in my name for the glory of my name, they're going to happen, and the angels are going to be right there helping you along. I want that in my life. I want that in your life. I want that in this student ministry. Here's God's kid laid down their sin, laid down the thing that's hurting them, And then God encourages him, 
don't pick it back up. Stay with me. Keep obeying me. And you get to walk with angels. Not when you die and go to heaven, like right now today in your normal life, you get to walk amongst the angels. They're going to be there supporting you, helping you, lifting you up. God has been promising us that greater things have yet to come for us as individuals and as his student ministry family. So let's abandon our bad behavior and our idols for just a month and see what God might not do. You guys saw this picture that Andy Zabo painted for us during Freedom. We showed it again last week, this picture of this demonic dog creature with these itchy ears vomiting out all this technology, all this device abuse that we all know that in one way, shape, or form we struggle with. But what you don't know is that God was laying this image on Andy's heart to paint for us as a symbol of what's distracting us from truth, what's distracting us from health and healing and power, that God actually spoke a verse to Andy as he painted. And the verse was this, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool returns to his foolishness. It's a graphic image, but think about it. As a dog throws up just crud that's not good for it, and then as dogs are wont to do, returns and begins to eat the puke. God uses that strong of a language. Look, I rescued you. I saved you. I erased all the shame and guilt from that behavior. Don't go back to it. That's like a dog that returns to its own vomit. Speaking of these two contrasting things, we can be fools. I have been a fool return to the thing that hurt us, or walk with angels. Man, is there even any comparison? And just so you know that this isn't just some book that was written thousands of years ago that doesn't apply to you today, I want to share a testimony of something that we actually heard about just two weeks ago, a student testimony. There's a young lady who attended Freedom, and on Sunday morning when we were just worshiping our faces off, bouncing up on this stage, I still don't know how it's standing. There were so many of you up here, but as we were just praising the Lord and just feeling His presence, it was so much that she couldn't take it and had to leave the room. Not because, like, she was in sin or she was distressed. It was like it was so beautiful and powerful, and she saw so much of stuff going on in the spiritual room, she had to leave the room. And she goes out there, and my wife Brooke is out there, and she asked, are you okay? And this young lady begins to share, I, I was worshiping, and I saw angels in the student sanctuary. And Brooke's like, tell me about that, because we've seen that. We've heard about that. Many of you in this room have shared things like that before. And she said, yeah, I've seen, there's these three angels that I've, I've seen here many times before, and they were worshiping with us. They were singing the songs that we were singing. And Brooke's just like, that's, that's, that's awesome. And then she shares, and there, there was a fourth one today. There was a fourth angel, and he was massive in the room as we were worshiping. And Brooke was like, well, was he singing? Like, did he have a job? And the students said, you know, I don't, I don't know what he was there for. And Brooke pressed and was like, well, what do you, I mean, do you have any thoughts about why this other gigantic angel was just in the room while we praised Jesus? 
and she just said the most wonderful, like, just it kind of came to her thing. I think it was just there for itself. I think it just enjoyed being with us. God says that when we read this book and when we obey this book, which is all we did all during freedom, that we get to walk amongst angels, and some of us will actually get to see it. I believe every word of that young lady's testimony. I believe that there are angels in here now, and I want our eyes and our hearts to be opened, that that's not just so we can say, ooh, angels. It's because God wants to start really unleashing his power in and through us. So we just need to be willing to believe greater things have yet to come. And so we need to obey that verse. How do we, how do we follow God's ways? How do we carefully serve him as the scripture commands? Well, we, we've already answered that in this quote that I love from Charles Spurgeon. If you wish to know God, you must know his word. If you wish to perceive his power, you must see how he works by his word. If you wish to know his purpose before it comes to pass, that just said, if you want to know the future before it happens, it's not tarot cards, it's not the internet, it's not any spooky, weird spiritual stuff. He just says, you can only discover that by his word. We need to pick up God's word this year like never before. Read it, write it, learn it, live it, and if we do, blessings, authority, supernatural things will become commonplace. Let's share just quickly some bullet points about what you can expect when you read this book. Hebrews 4, 12, the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. This book exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. If you want to learn who you are, who God created you to be, the Bible just said, read the Bible and you'll learn. John 5, 39, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. You want to get to know who God really is? Pick up this book. Psalm 119, 9 and 11, Sam. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. Are you ready to conquer that thing that you can't escape from? Are you ready to conquer the temptation to look at and act on pornography? God just said, read this book and I will give you all the strength that you need to stay pure. John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything that you want and it will be granted. Are you ready to see God answer your prayers in, a, in such a spectacular fashion that you know God not just listened but responded? Read this book. Psalm 19, 7 through 8, the instructions of the Lord, that's this whole book, are perfect, and they revive the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. If you are in any way, shape, or form hungry for revival, wisdom, joy, pick up the word. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, remember the things I have done in the past, 
for I alone am God. I am God. There is none like me. And only I can tell you the future before it even happens. You want to know where God would love to see you go to college? You want to know whether or not you should enter into that relationship or that romantic involvement? You want to know what to expect in 2020? God just said, hey, read my book. I use it to tell people what to expect. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture, every word of this book is inspired by God and it is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right and God uses this book to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Are you ready to change your life and stop doing things the way you did last year that kept resulting in pain and suffering and confusion and error? Read this book every day. 15 minutes, 30, an hour, I don't care. Read this book and do what it says. And God is saying, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless you. So here's what we're going to do. Because I want every student to have a personal word from the Lord for 2020, Underneath your seats, there's Bibles in your chairs. There's pen and paper. I don't care if you have a life verse already or not. Grab pen and paper. Grab a Bible if there's one near you. We're going to take just two minutes in just a minute to ask the Lord for a personal word. If you already have one, open to it. Read it again. Maybe God will show you something new. But for those of us who don't yet have one, I want you to ask God for one. Maybe you have one, and he wants to give you an extra one. So this time is for everyone. But I'm going to lay out a couple prayers. And as I say them, if you're like, yes, that's what I want, just write that down as your personal prayer or say it in your heart and your mind to Jesus. But here's what we're really getting to by finding a personal word. God, what do I need to know in 2020? Maybe that's your prayer today before you ask the Lord for a verse. Or maybe you need to ask, God, where do you know that I need to grow in 2020? Maybe that's your prayer. God, what do you want me to focus on for 2020? Now, even as you pray those things or write those things or something like those things, a verse or a book of the Bible is coming to mind. Man, open to it. Or maybe in just a moment, you're just going to take your Bible, the living and active Word of God, And you're just going to be willing to trust that God's in this room. And you're just going to open it by faith and see where you land. And know something on these two pages is personally being spoken to me from God right now. I'm going to pray for you. Ask for a word. Get a word. And write down the address. You've only got two minutes, so you can't read all of the two pages. So if you see it, own it. But if you just get to two pages, write down which two pages and press into them later. Jesus... You are real. You are powerful. You are in this place. There are angels in this room right now desiring that we hear from you. So would you lead every single one of us or reinforce for every single one of us your personal word for 2020? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Two minutes, students.
60 seconds. If you're open to two pages and you know you're not going to make it through, just write down which pages they are so you can read it later. I know we don't have enough time to press into what you're saying, but I pray that you would help us make time before the sun goes down today. What do you want to say to me? How do you want to grow me? What do I need to focus on for the year? Thank you so much for the gift of this supernatural book. It is just so much more powerful, so much more alive than we give it credit for. And I pray that if anything comes out of us pressing in, that we will all realize that and own that and be excited to the deepest parts of ourselves about that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys, this is the living and active word of God, and all of you that already had one and all of you that just got one, you have a personal word from the Lord for the year, and pressing into it and learning about it, it is, it is, it is the beginning of a whole new chapter of your life. I exhort you, I beg you, I extol you, please press into your word. I want to give you some techniques, some things that I've learned over the years doing this very thing where I take a verse and I press into it all year long. You might have gotten a word or a verse or like some of you, I got the whole book of Philippians. Pressing into it, there are some things you need to know that will help you get the most out of it. And so many of those things will be taken from it by just looking at our teaching passage from all last semester, Deuteronomy 11. Write my words, God says, and now all of us have a personal word. Write my words on your heart and in your soul and do whatever it takes to remember what I'm telling you. And while it doesn't give us an exhaustive list, it gives us just some initial recommendations on how to do that. Read my words. Write my words. Discuss my words, wear my words, live my words, and if you do, I will bless you. So let's start with perspective. Perspective when reading the Bible is so important. I could say so much about this, but I'll just begin with this. If you want to hear God's personal word for you, God's voice in Scripture, you need to have the right perspective. And so something I want to challenge all of you to remember is the heart behind this quote from this great theologian named Karl Barth. Karl Barth was once asked to sum up the thousands of pages of his dense theology in one sentence. And he paused, and then he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. This great mind of his generation, this storied, theologian, this professor of professors, spent all of his life investing in the Word and writing papers about it, and they said, sum it all up in one sentence, and he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. How profound, how beautiful, how perfect. This is the lens that you need 
to read Scripture through. I don't care if you're reading the Psalms or the Proverbs, the New Testament, the Old Testament, warnings, commands, whatever. If you read them through the lens of Jesus loves me, this I know, then you ask that question as you read it. Well, here's a command not to lie. Where does Jesus love me in telling me not to lie? Here's a story about David fighting against his enemies. How does this prove to me that Jesus loves me? Here is revelation, the fact that God is going to come back and wipe everything off the map. And we only have a certain amount of time to give our whole selves to him or else. Where's the love of God in that? If you ask that question as you read any scripture, it will change everything for you. So starting with the right perspective is so important as you press into your life verse. Another one going through the list says, just read it. Just read God's word. Read your verse. Read it every day. My verse for the year is 2 Chronicles chapter 15. I have probably read it 40 or 50 times since January 1st. Um, I think about it every day, but when it comes to reading God's word and learning as much as I can about it, there are lots of great tools, but I'm going to give you one that's so important and so instrumental. I don't write a sermon without it, and every time I have a quiet time, I usually use it. BibleGateway.com is a website that if you have pen and paper and you don't know this website already, write it down. BibleGateway.com is a website where you can go and you can put in any verse in the Bible and it will bring it up for you. Any keyword in the Bible. You want to know some scripture about purity? You want to know some scripture about forgiveness? You just type the word in and hit search, and every single version of scripture that mentions purity or forgiveness will come up, and you can start getting in there. But if God gave you Psalm 119, put it in there and read it in the New International Version. But then you're like, you know, I feel like there's more here, and this, this version of the Bible is a little, like, choppy for me. Just change the version. There's hundreds. There's different languages. I love the Passion Translation lately. You read your verse in different versions, and it will just unfold before you. You'll gain more out of it. So don't just read one version. Read several. Another cool tool is that there is another feature on here. It's a blue button. It says, study this. You could have one verse of the Bible, like 2 Chronicles 15, verse 7, and that's your verse for the year. You hit study this, and pages of more information, of writings, of commentaries from amazing men and women of God will populate, and you can read books on that one verse. So read God's Word, read it in different versions, and study it. What if God gave you a verse, and you become an expert on it this year. He desires like nothing else, nothing less for you than that. And BibleGateway.com is a great tool for it. So we want to become people that read God's Word. And then we want to become people, as it says, that write God's Word. Second Chronicles 15 is a long chapter. But there's something profound. There's something spiritual as I have, I think, three whole times now written every single word of the chapter out. And as I do, I even pray, like, as I'm writing this, like, write it on my soul. Write it on my heart. And I've done it in a couple different versions, and it's just, it just feels right. I feel blessed doing it. So if you've got a verse, even if it's the whole book of Philippians, write it out. Write it out in different versions, and it will become part of you. It's just like studying for a spelling bee or a vocabulary test. There's something powerful about writing it out. Man, we're not going just to 
get a spelling bee prize. We're talking about our souls here. So read God's Word, but also become someone who writes God's Word. And something I love to do is when you're reading Scripture and it's talking about David's hopes or David's hurts, I like to take this Scripture that God gave me and take David's name out and put Justin's name in. When I'm reading about this hope right here, I'm like, well, I have hopes. So I rewrite the scripture, but I take out that person's hopes and I put mine in. Or when this person's praying about their sin, but it's like, well, I don't really struggle with that. I struggle with this. I take out their hurt and I put mine in. There's something so powerful when we write scripture personally. So there's lots of different ways to do that. It says that if we discuss God's word, it blesses us. I encourage you, if you've got a life verse, talk about it. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Talk to the people in this room. Talk to your small group. You've got questions about it. Ask people that are smarter than you. Ask people that think differently than you. Because it might be that you don't agree with them, but it might help you look at your verse, God's Word, from a different perspective. Talking about what God is saying is so important. It also invites accountability. Help me remember I said, this is my life verse, and it says to stop stealing because I just got sticky fingers. And that might sound silly to you, but I used to struggle with that a lot. So it wouldn't surprise me if some of you got a verse that talks about that. So read God's word, write it, discuss it. And then I love this one, wear it. Wear God's word. Almost all my t-shirts are basically scripture rephrased. Change the way you think. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I literally wear God's word on my body until the day I die by tattooing my life verse every year since 2008. If you don't have permission from your parents, no tattoo for you yet. But there are all kinds of ways to wear God's word. You can write it on your hand with a Sharpie or a pen. You can write it on the back of your phone. You can put it on the books you carry. You can put it on the mirror in your bathroom. You can put it on the windows of your room, which I personally think is very powerful to write truth all over your windows. If the enemy spirit is floating around looking for somebody to harass and comes up to a window with God's word on it, you think he's going to be able to get in there? I don't know, but I don't think so. And I'm willing to give it a shot. If for no other reason, it's going to remind me every time I look at my window, there's God's word. So there's all kinds of cool ways that we can wear God's word on our body, on our clothes, on our stuff, on our homes. A cool thing that we like to do here is take Scripture and turn it into art. We do that with the prayer cards, all these prayer cards that we look at every Wednesday night for our student ministry. I make these, and often I'll make them with your art. But do you know that while I make these so we can have Bible studies, that besides you and besides Jesus, the primary person that I make these for is me. Every time God speaks to me about a verse that impresses me, I turn it into a piece of art because it helps me process the verse. And while if you're a photographer, you can do this, maybe you're not. Well, paint your verse, even if it's just the verse address, even if it's just the words, or draw it, or write a poem about it, or turn it into a sculpture. I don't care. Whatever your creative bent is, take your verse, take your keyword, and turn it into art. I felt so strongly about this, I was willing to put my money where my mouth is. Here's a picture of our little soul figure, this person just kind of being bathed in power and light and red, and there's our key phrase, tattoo my soul. Here's what I'm willing to do. If for the month of February, you will take your piece of scripture and turn it into art and bring it to me the last week of February, it doesn't have to be great. 
I just want to know you put some time into it. If you bring it to me and give me your t-shirt size, I will buy you this shirt that we'll make and give it to you a couple weeks later. Is there anybody that would be willing to wear that shirt if I printed it? If you are like, you know, I just, I just don't feel comfortable or confident enough to, to turn it into art, then find an artist friend and do it together and invite them to help you. But if you make a piece of art from your life verse and bring it to me, I get to keep it, by the way, and give me your t-shirt size, I will buy every single one of you that does it that shirt, and you'll have them by March. Anybody want one? I want one. I'm going to do it just for me. Anyway, that's my promise to you. All right. Lastly, it says, live God's word. You guys, there's no way that I know of that's more powerful, more profound, more immediate to write God's words on our heart than when I see something that says something that I can do to just go do it. If you open to a verse that says, stop stealing, stop stealing, and God will change you. If you open to a verse that said, purity is so important, then live pure and God will change you. If you open to a verse that said, forgiveness is so important, and you're like, I know I haven't forgiven this person or these people or myself, forgive them. Just do what God's word says. He will bless you. He will change you. He will give you authority over your life in areas that you previously didn't have it. Do what God's word says and be blessed. See supernatural things. And lastly, man, just, just maintain a sense of awe and wonder, expectation and excitement. Just because you open to a word and you're excited that, oh, this is clearly from the Lord, that's just the beginning. God's going to test you all year long. As you read that word and it becomes a part of you, he'll line up supernatural opportunities for you to walk it out. He'll give you multiple opportunities. Last year, my verse was Job. It was a hard year as you might imagine. And some days as God tested me, as Job was tested to forgive his enemies or to uh, stay faithful in tough circumstances, I failed, but I learned from my failures. And some days I kicked butt and I forgave people as they were cursing me to my face and I got blessed for it and I learned from it. So it's not just the word, it's walking it out and that God will give you divine appointments to test whether or not you'll do what he asks you to do. And as you do it, even if you fail, you're going to learn from it. So, as we begin to close, I want to just remind you, you have all asked God for a word. You have looked at the Bible. You have claimed a verse. You should be excited. I'm excited for you. And we're going to continue to keep these in front of us for the year. And he didn't just give this to us as like a fun little supernatural exercise Whatever he gave you, he wants to use to do more than you can ask or imagine. Isaiah 55, I love. It begins in verse 10. Imagine this with your brains. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens. And they stay on the ground to water the earth. And they cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer, bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word, I send it out, it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. You will live in joy and peace. God has rained down personal 
words from the word to you. And he just said, I'm going to give you joy if you press into this. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you all your needs. I'm going to do what I do if you will let me, if you will walk this out. If we will just be willing to believe God spoke a word to me, I'm going to walk it out. 2020 will be the most powerful year of your life. Charlie, you and the band can take the stage. We're going to respond to what we've heard today, and I'm going to demonstrate the reality of what we've been talking about today by sharing a testimony with you. I've got a list of testimonies in my sermon notes that I'm just looking for places to plug in over the next several weeks. We heard the one about the young lady who saw angels in our room the other day. There is another one from another young lady in our student ministry that I want to close with today. It was so powerful that our senior pastor, Jeff Wells, actually shared this story in adult church last weekend. Thousands heard it. People have shared it. But it's a testimony that God did right here in this room two weeks ago. We have a student in our ministry named Mia Adolph, and here's a picture for her, and that's her life verse that's written on her hand. And if you know Mia, you know that for the past three and a half years that she has struggled with a debilitating illness, and this illness causes bouts of uncontrollable fatigue and dizziness and migraines, and it just comes on, especially when she's active, and it just knocks her out. It takes her down. She just, there's nothing she can do but lay down so many times throughout her day. Three and a half years living with uncontrollable dizziness, nausea, migraines. It's just become her life. Well, on Saturday morning at Freedom Weekend, as we just did a moment ago, I asked all the students there, ask God for a verse for your year. And by faith, as many of you just did, Mia just opened her Bible. And she opened and she saw one verse that stuck out, that gripped her more than all the others. And it was in Psalm 6, verse 4. Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. If I'm living with a disease, with an illness for three and a half years that just beats me up and tears me down and prevents me from doing all the things that my friends do, a word like that, I want that. I need that. And Mia opened to that. And she just clung to it all day Saturday. And when we gathered back here that night to worship, you, you who were here know you could just, you could feel it that Jesus was in the room. And you guys were up here just bouncing and jumping and feeling the Spirit of God as we worshiped with gladness and thanksgiving. And as Mia was in the room, she so longed to dance with us, to just jump up and down with us. But she knew that if she did, she could literally, like right there in the middle of the room, pass out. She can't do stuff like that because of this illness. And so she just hung back, sad missing out, longing for more. And God reminded her of Psalm 6-4. Turn, O Lord. That's what God wanted her to pray in that moment. Deliver me. Save me for the sake of your love for me. And God said, go dance with your friends. Go jump up and down for the sake of my name. 
this prayer for you is what I want to do for you. And so Mia obeyed. And she walked up here by faith. And she started jumping up and down. And the, the minute she did, she said she felt this whoosh wash over her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. And she knew that God healed her in that moment. And it has been two and a half weeks since that moment. And this every single day of her life illness has been gone. It's gone as God healed her and blessed her for obeying the word that he gave to her. You guys, that's what God wants to do for you. That's what God wants to show you. He wants to demonstrate to you. This book is real. It's alive. It means something to obey it. And that testimony should only be the first of many. I hope you don't think that you just did some spiritual exercise to have a word to kind of think about. God wants to do the miraculous in you. If you will carefully obey, follow, press in, read, and write. I want that for myself and for you. Stand up with me. Jesus, your word is clear. It's been in front of us for months. If we will write your words on our hearts, if we will write your words in our soul, if we will do whatever it takes to remember what you are saying to us, if we will be willing to just set aside a little time every day to read your words, write your words, discuss your words, if we will wear them, if we will talk about them, if we will obey them, you will bless us. You will transform us. You will heal us, empower us, transform. You will do all the things. Would you stir our spirits today? Will you move us to obey? Will you help us step away from wrong thinking and into right? You've told us how. Help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.